What were the biggest takeaways from week seven of the NFL season? All that and more in this episode of Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less in their prize pick projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That is prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Kate Majuk is out on assignment today. She'll be back uh, Friday to, to get you ready for week eight. So it's just me. It's a solo show. So we're going to be talking today about my five biggest takeaways from week seven. Some good, some bad. Uh, let's first start with Brees Hall. And this is this got to be the most depressing one of them all because I think we were trending in a direction where Brees Hall had a legitimate argument to be RB1 in Dynasty Leagues, kind of going, you know, coming out of week seven. Before he was injured, four carries for 72 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he was just so dynamic. And if you didn't get a chance to see his 62-yard touchdown, it, absolutely incredible. Um, he had all – I mean, he still does. He has all the the ability and talent to be the best running back in the NFL. The speed, the quickness, the power, the vision. Like, he is the complete total package. And you saw the Jets starting to lean into him being this workhorse back that can win games almost single-handedly. Like we've seen the last four weeks, starting with the game against Pittsburgh, 17 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. Against Miami, 18 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown. Also added in 100 receiving yards. Green Bay in week six, 20 carries, 116 yards and a touchdown. And then this week, again, four carries for 72 yards in a score, this was, you know, we were on pace to see like some Jonathan Taylor type numbers here where the, this guy is just so efficient. He's going to score touchdowns every week. He's going to make plays in the passing game. And he's a threat to touch the ball or he's a threat to score anytime he touches the ball. And now we've got to wait. Uh, the, the most recent reports are that Brees Hall did in fact tear his ACL. The expectation is that he's going to miss the entire season. Um, I believe the, the what we've heard so far is it's just a clean ACL tear, nothing else. Um, so ideally, or I mean, hopefully he'd be back on the field for week one of the 2023 season. But I think this puts real doubt into where we should rank him kind of going forward. Because as we mentioned at the top, I think there was a chance that you could have made the case as him, you know, as RB1, Jonathan Taylor, having a little bit of a down year behind that bad Colts team. DeAndre Swift is struggling to stay healthy. Saquon Barkley is going into more. He's in year five right now. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is on a different team, and he's already 26 years old. Austin Eckler, while he's on pace for like 130 receptions this year, he's a little bit older. He could have very well been RB1 at 21 years old. Now, 
knowing that he's going to miss the rest of his rookie season, knowing that he's going to have, you know, coming off an injury. I still think we rank him inside the top five or six running backs, but I think it's closer to five and six than number one. And that's just unfortunate because we were on this trajectory that just not many running backs can get to. Uh, it's, it's just a bummer. And that's the best way to frame it. I'm, if I don't have Brees Hall, uh, this would probably be the time for me to buy. Um, I, I'm still all in on his talent long term. I still think once he comes back, the Jets are going to to give him a huge workload. Um, so if you can get him at you know RB seven, RB eight prices, and you're not necessarily in a win now window, I think you do that. If you are and you want to flip him for you know Christian McCaffrey the rest of the season or Austin Eckler, I, I think that you're certainly justified to do that. It's just a bummer. And that's, that's the best way that I can put it. This was an ascending player, one of the real stars of the NFL. And we got robbed of seeing him have this awesome rookie season. Um, it's just, can, can, I, can I say it again? An absolute bummer. Uh, let's get to my other four takeaways from week seven. But before we do that, we want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. You can now invest in professional athletes just like stocks. It's a lower risk alternative to sports betting, and athlete prices move up and down based on performance and supply and demand. So, like if you invested in Jalen Hurts from a year ago, uh, you'd be up 48%. Rashad Penny, uh, actually gone down because of the injury. Brees Hall going down because of the, because of the injury. You can invest in four different sports, not just the NFL, but UFC, NBA, and MLB. Everyone knows that you should be investing, but why not invest in what you actually know? I mean, listen, I invest in the stock market. I have no idea what's going on over there. I know football. At least I think I know a little bit of football. Uh, Go and try uh, the Prediction Strike app. It's absolutely incredible. Use promo code LOCKED for a free share when you sign up and make a deposit of $20 or more. That is promo code LOCK for a special one-time giveaway. Prediction Strike will then choose one person who signs up with the code LOCK and makes a, again, a $20 deposit to win 100 free random shares. That can be worth like $3,000 if you get Josh Allen in your shares. I think he's trading at like $30 right now. Invest in what you know on Prediction Strike, the stock market app for sports. We also want to tell you about Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as setting style. Blue Nile will then handcraft a perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. Make your moment sparkle with BlueNile.com and Locked On Dynasty listeners. Get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use promo code LOCKEDON. That is LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured. It ships free, and it arrives in this like little secret packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right. We uh, we just got done doing a depressing segment on Brees Hall. Let's, let's be happy again. Let's talk about Kenneth Walker who frankly might be able to take his spot inside of the top 10. Kenneth Walker, absolutely incredible. It, it took a Rashad Penny injury for, for the Seahawks to finally unleash Kenneth Walker, and now he's turning into a superstar. 23 carries for 168 yards and two touchdowns. 
Uh, he didn't get any work in the passing game, and that's probably the one thing holding him back from being a top two or three dynasty running back. But the last two games, I mean, excuse me, the last three games, unbelievable. Eight carries, 88 yards, and a touchdown against the Saints. 21 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown against the Cardinals. And then again, 168 yards and two touchdowns. The biggest takeaway here is, number one, what a talent. I mean, to be that big, 211 pounds, and to have that kind of home run speed, it's absolutely incredible. But the best part is is that the, the Seahawks have finally leaned into Kenneth Walker being kind of their go-to back. It's not Travis Homer and Kenneth Walker. It's not DJ Dallas and Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker has 44 carries over the last two games. I think you can trust him the rest of the way to get the work on the ground. He's going to be their goal line runner. He's a threat to score whenever he has the ball. I would think as the season goes along and as he gets better in pass pro, you start to see him more in the passing game. But Kenneth Walker right now, I mean, he's a league winner. Like if you if you drafted him, you know, with the second or third overall pick in your rookie drafts, or you drafted him in a redraft league, what, seventh or eighth round, probably, you're getting a guy who every single week we are going to project as a top five, top six running back going forward on frankly a pretty good team. Like I think we can say that now. Like Seattle's going to be a contender and the offensive line's playing really well. Kenneth Walker, one of the biggest winners uh, of the week. And we should talk about where he, where, where his dynasty value is now. Going into the week, he was RB11 behind players like Najee Harris and Javante Williams and Joe Mixon. And I don't know about you guys, but it's not even close for me. Like, Give me Kenneth Walker over Najee Harris all day long. All day long. Javante Williams, who is out for the season in year two already on – She's a disaster franchise, but now the Broncos, there's no way I'm taking Javante Williams over Kenneth Walker. And then we get into the argument of like Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon. Both of those guys have a lot of, you know, tread on the tires. Both of them are 26 years old. I don't think it's an overreaction to say I'd rather have Kenneth Walker going forward than both of those guys. So Kenneth Walker, I don't know how you could say anything else, but being the biggest, I mean, the biggest winner of the season so far. I mean, what a what a performance by him. Next one, Josh Jacobs, another running back who was insanely undervalued this summer. Uh, even going into the season, uh, his ADP on Dynasty League Football in August was eighty six point eight. You you could have gotten him so cheap. I think Kate and I were talking about him as like running back twenty five, running back twenty six in the summer. Wondering what the plan was going to be. Is this going to be a running back by committee? Uh, is Zemir White going to start? Are they going to give over some of the passing work to, to Brandon Bold? Nope. This is a clear-cut workhorse back. Uh, on Sunday, Josh Jacobs, 20 carries. The only other running back to get a touch was Zemir White, who got one. Or excuse me, a carry. He got one. Amir Abdullah had two catches for seven yards. Josh Jacobs also had three catches for 12 yards. 20 carries, 143 yards, and two touchdowns. He's had almost 800 yards uh, after five games, uh, six games, excuse me, almost 800 yards. He's already scored six touchdowns. This is the best I've ever seen him look. Like, he is running hard. The The offensive line is actually opening up holes for him in the running game, and I, I don't see anything changing with him anytime soon. Uh, he's getting... Just a ton of work. Look at his rushing attempts over the last three weeks. 28 against Denver. 21 against the Chiefs. 20 against the Texans. 
He's getting a solid five to six targets every single game in the receiving game. And only 12 yards this week, but 39 against Kansas City, 31 against Denver, 31 against the Titans. If he can continue to give you that base of, you know, two catches for 25 yards in the receiving game, and he's getting all the goal line looks, and he's getting 20-ish carries a game, there's not many running backs for the rest of the season that I would take over Josh Jacobs. Um, now, Dynasty is a little bit different, right? Because he's on the last year of his contract. He does have an injury history, um, and the Raiders didn't want to give him the fifth-year option. There's just some uncertainty there, and that's why I get why, why he's being priced as RB18 right now. But at the same time, there's quite a few running backs that are being drafted and being valued ahead of him that just aren't playing as well as he is and aren't running as well. And I think we need to remember, Josh Jacobs was extremely young coming out of Alabama. He was only, uh, I think he was only 20 years old. He's only 24 right now. So I still think you get the rest of this year, probably two more elite years from him. He's not a a player that I'm going to be afraid of trading for at all because I think this offense is pretty good. They're number three in points per game. They love to run the ball inside the five-yard line. Josh Jacobs is a proven good goal line runner. And the other thing about Jacobs is it's not like this is a fluke. Like this isn't the first year he's finally broken out or started to play well. He was a pro bowler in 2020. He scored 12 touchdowns that season. He's had at least 1,300 yards in, in every season that he's played in the NFL. We know he's a good player. It's just the previous coaching staff, didn't ever want to fully commit to him. And Josh McDaniels does. Like they want to run, I think they want to run the wheels off of him. So if you are in need of a running back, you think your team is, you know, really good and you have a chance to compete this year. Again, this might sound crazy to to some, but I am certainly willing to trade an injured Javante Williams, who is being ranked as RB10 for Josh Jacobs, who's being ranked as RB18. I would trade. Najee Harris, who is RB9, who's the same age as Josh Jacobs, straight up right now. I mean, I don't even know if you can get that deal done. I don't know if the Josh Jacobs owner would do that, but that's at least the type of moves I'd be exploring. I I would trade Joe Mixon in a heartbeat for Josh Jacobs. I just think this is somebody who is going to put up monster stats every single week. Wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders brought him back and he's got this really strong pedigree. Three straight years of 1,300 yards. He's a first-round pick. He can play on all three downs. Go trade for Josh Jacobs. I think he can still help you win your leagues. Uh, let's take one more break. So we can tell you guys about prize picks. Prize picks is absolutely awesome. All you have to do is pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than the prize pick projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available Price Picks offers projections on just about any sport that you watch. This includes NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Did I get them all? I think I got them all. Uh, entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. And they are currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. Download the Price Pick app or go to PricePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. 
if you deposit $100, Price Pick will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. It's really that simple. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, a couple of just really quick things before we move on. This was a good week to remember that even though situations can be bad, to continue to gamble on talent. You would think after Washington loses their starting quarterback, Carson Wentz, for four games, that's going to have huge impacts on you know, Brian Robinson and Terry McLaurin especially. But what does McLaurin do against arguably you know, one of the best man-to-man corners in the league in Jair Alexander? Five catches for 73 yards and a touchdown, make huge plays in this game. Uh, and become somebody that you want in your fantasy lineups. The same goes for DJ Moore, who PJ Walker looked so bad last week. Uh, I, against the, I believe it was against the Rams. You might not even have started DJ Moore. You might have just said, hey, I'm going to gamble on ta- talent one more week. Seven catches for 69 yards and a touchdown. If you have these guys that are still in bad situations, like a CD Lamb was with Cooper Rush, or a George Pickens with you know a rookie quarterback in Kenny Pickett, gamble on talent. Like I'd rather have somebody like DJ Moore in my lineup, and if he puts up a stinker, he puts up a stinker, rather than playing a lesser player just because the situation might be a little bit better. Keep drafting guys that are talented. Keep trading for talented players because eventually the situation will get better. Or they'll find a way just to be productive, like Terry McLaurin has done for the last couple of years, like DJ Moore has done for the last couple of years. So uh, that's all on that one. One more player that I want to mention, Travis Etienne. Uh, Jacksonville lost. They went to two and five. But we had a lot of discussion kind of going into the year. What's Etienne's role going to look like? How much is James Robinson going to eat into it? He's not. Like, this is Travis Etienne's backfield. James Robinson didn't get a carry in this game. The only other running back other than ETN to get a carry was Jamichael Hasty. ETN 14 carries for 104 or sorry, yeah, 14 carries for 114 yards and a touchdown. Did catch one pass for five yards on five targets. I'd like to see him be a little bit more efficient there. But Travis ETN is the clear cut number one running back in this backfield. And I don't think that's going to change. He's now seen double digit carries in each of the last three games. Uh, he's starting to see more work in the passing game. The efficiency is going way up. He's averaging 6.1 yards per rush this season, which is absolutely incredible. And you would think as the year goes on, as he gets better in pass pro, as he kind of learns his assignments more, because remember, he didn't play at all last year, that he's going to see more work. And I think 16 to 17 touches per game with his speed is all he needs to be, you know, a low-end RB1 the rest of the season. In fact, he's already there. But Josh Jacobs, who, again, being ranked as RB18, and Travis Etienne, who is being ranked as RB15, two guys that I want to trade for right now if I have any chance at winning in my dynasty leagues right now because they're both extremely young. They're both getting a ton of work in their respective offenses. And I think both of them are just talented players in different ways. Etienne, he's got the speed to score from wherever Josh Jacobs is just such a physical runner and he's so good near the end zone. Both of those guys I think are undervalued running back targets, especially, you know, if you have a Najee Harris or Joe Mixon or Javante Williams or an Alvin Kamara, all those guys, you know, just haven't produced the numbers that you've been hoping for. I think Jacobs and ETN 
are the two running backs right now that present the most value kind of coming out of week seven that could kind of maintain it all year long. So that's it for my takeaways today. Well, thank you guys for tuning in and thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, which is always a lot of fun. It is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts, all the same places that you would download the Locked On Dynasty podcast. Matt and Ryan will be back on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Kate and I will jump back on Friday to get you ready for week eight. I can't believe it's week eight already. Uh, go follow Kate on Twitter at FF Ball Blast. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your week. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Bears Patriots. We'll see you guys next time.